long ago. Remember that Welcome to the Real Life Podcast. Today you will hear a word which purpose is to introduce the kingdom, change generations, and create a Christian culture. So grab your Bible and prepare to be blessed by today's sermon. When I plan something, it happens. What I want to do, I will do. I like that. I want to speak to you from the topic, your promise is a process. Your promise is a process. Just take a good look at that. That's, I didn't know it was going to be that big on the screen, because it's not that big on my screen, but that's really something. Your promise has a process. Thank you, Lord, for this word. In Jesus' name, amen. You see, a process is a series of actions or steps taken in order to achieve a particular end. That's, that's the, the short of it. That's the meat of what a process is. It is a series of actions or steps taken in order to achieve a particular end. So your promise is at the end, but there's a process getting to it. I believe that a promise, a dream, an inspiration, a destiny is something that God whispers in your ear. He whispers it in your ear and he whispers it in a way that inspires you to, to begin to live toward that end. And a lot of times we get discouraged because what God whispered in our ear, we hope other people are able to hear and understand. But people aren't always able to hear your dream. And the reason that many people aren't able to hear your dream is because the dream was not meant for them. It was meant for you. It was meant to inspire you. It was meant to provoke you. It was meant to move you. And so sometimes your dream won't move other people. But if you get around the right people, if you get around another, if you get around a group of dreamers, then your dream will inspire somebody else. Now, see, the scripture says this. Listen, Genesis 8.22, we're moving through this. It says, while the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest and cold and heat and summer and winter and day and night shall not cease. What do you see there? There's a process, you see. It says, while the earth remaineth, there'll be seed time and harvest and cold and heat and summer and winter and day and night. And what does it say? It shall not what? Cease. So there'll always be this seed time and harvest thing going on. As long as the earth remains. And look around you. The earth's still here. We're still on on earth. So it means that still now in this day, even from Genesis to now, seed time and harvest is still in motion. Somebody say seed time and harvest. Seed time and harvest. So look at Exodus 20 and 11. It says this. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth. The sea and all uh, that is in that in them is and rested when the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the seventh Sabbath day and hallowed it. Now here's what I want you to get out of it: not the blessing of the seventh day, not the seventh day all by itself, but in six days the Lord made the heaven and the earth. Now this is a powerful God who's able to say to Lazarus, "Lazarus, come." He's so strong and so powerful until he's able to just cause stuff to appear. So God could have just said, uh, he could have done seven days work with one word. Because it was in his mind, he could have just said be. And everything would have just fell into place. But he didn't do that. He took six days. The almighty, all-powerful 
God took six days to do what he could have done in one. Why? Because he's trying to teach us the lesson of what? Process. So he's showing us something. You work for six days, you rest on the seventh, you get up and you work six more days. He's showing us process. He's teaching us things because he could have done it in one day, but he took time and it's called a what? Process. Now watch what he says in Jeremiah 29 and 11. Stay with me now. For I know the thoughts I think toward you. I like this scripture. I'm going to start over. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. What kind of thoughts are they, Lord? Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you what what kind of end do you want to give me, an expected end? So here's the thing that I got out of this, and Pastor Leslie, you said this on Friday. God's thinking about you. Uh, if you don't shout about anything, you ought to shout about that. God's thinking about you. And, and, and this, is, this is what gets me, Apostle. God's sitting in heaven having thoughts about me. No, 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 not, no, not, not, just, not just that I ran across his mind. No, 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 no. That's not enough to, to, to describe this. God's sitting in the heavens on his throne with angels flying around his head saying, holy, 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 having thoughts about you. Oh, if that does something to your insides, you just somebody just shout, yes. That does something to me, y'all, because you know there's some people that ain't, they ain't thinking about you. You don't even cross their mind, but the God of the universe who has so much to do, he had to wake the sun up this morning and tell the moon to go to sleep last night. And yet he's sitting on the throne of the circle of the earth having thoughts about you. And he said, my thoughts of you are not evil, but they are peaceful. I'm going to bring you somewhere. Somebody say, he's bringing me somewhere. He, bring, he got me by my hand. He's bringing me. Where is he bringing me to an expected end? He's bringing me to an end that he already has in mind. He already has an end in mind. And that's what that's what God does, Portia, with the promises that God, He tells us the end that He has in mind. But He doesn't always tell us how He's going to get us there. He doesn't always say, "I'm going to get you there this way." He says, "I have an end in mind for you, Edward Darian, and I'm going to get you to that place." But I'm not going to tell you how. I just need you to participate with me. So I'm going to bring you there. Somebody say, "Bring, bring." Now, why wouldn't God just translate us there? Why? Why wouldn't he do that? Why wouldn't he just do what he did for Elijah and just take him straight to heaven? Why, why wouldn't he do what he did with Enoch? He was and then he was not. No, that's not the way God's going to do it. God said, I'm going to bring you there. I'm going to bring, I'm going to take you by your hand, step by step, day by day, month by month, year by year, and I'm going to bring you to the end. But he doesn't talk about the middle much. The middle is exactly where you are. You are right smack dab in the middle. If you moved at all, if you made any movement at all, you were in the middle. Somebody said, I'm in the middle. I'm in the middle. You better proclaim it for yourself because I don't know where you are. Say amen. But you do. Now, if you hadn't moved at all, just look down at yourself like a little boy named Brick Heck and say, move. Talk to yourself and say, get to going because you need to go. You, you, know, you know time is a wasting. You, you, you need to be moving toward your destiny. For I know the thoughts I think toward you, saith the Lord. He said that. God said, I'm having thoughts about you. And he says that thoughts of peace are not of evil, and I want to give you an expected end. A promise is a statement telling someone uh, that you will definitely do something or that something will definitely happen in the future. That's what a promise is. So God has made promises to us. He's made promises to us, I believe, in the form of dreams. I believe that when God gives us a dream, a vision, uh, uh, he inspires us to do something. Lasana, I believe, it's God making a promise that if you cooperate with me, I'll make this happen in your life. 
And a lot of times the dream is so big that we're scared to do anything. It, it's, it's so much bigger than what we can achieve on our own. Any real big dreamers in here? You, the dream is so big you're scared to tell anybody because it just seems so stupid for you to dream that big. Anybody know what I'm talking about here? I mean, you just seem, you feel like an idiot dreaming big like that. But that, those are the dreams. That's, that's how you know God gave you that thing. If you dream in something you know you can do, that wasn't a dream. That was a concoction of your own design. But when God gives you something that's bigger than you, that's far out, that's what he used to say back in the 70s, far out. The dream is far out you know that thing came from God and it's really a promise God's promising he's saying if you work with me if you connect with me if you covenant with me if you believe with me if you walk with me if you let me bring you if you let me guide you if you let me lead you if you listen to what I tell you and you ignore people who are trying to kill you dream he says I will get you where there because I have an expected end for you that's 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 that dream is getting you to that expected end say amen I want you to be all that you can be. That's not just for the, for the, uh, what, the Marines or the Army. That's for you. Listen, he, it's, it's, it's a reason. A promise is a reason to expect that something will happen in the future. I got a reason to expect the good things are coming my way. Because God made a promise. <laughs> he promised me that I would have an expected end. That his thoughts about me. He's going to bring me to that place. And I got a reason. Somebody say, I got a reason <laughs> to expect that good things are coming my way. That, to expect that breakthroughs and, and, and phenomenal increases coming my way. Because God is giving me a dream. Now, God does this thing called backward design. Everybody say backward design. Backward design simply means that you design backward. You wouldn't, you won't go about it the way you would think you would. Pastor Leslie, I hope you're proud of this. Backward design is a method of designing educational curriculum by setting goals before choosing instructional methods and forms of assessment. Backward design of curriculum typically typically involves three stages. Don't go anywhere yet. Now, I want to give you that again. It's a method of designing educational curriculum by setting goals before choosing instructional methods and forms of assessment. So what happens is a teacher sets a goal for what they want their students to know. Before they start deciding how they're going to get them there. So what they do, they say, I want you to know uh, your alphabet. And then after they make that, that, that declaration that they want that child to know their alphabet, they step back and then say, okay, how do I get them there? That's how you design the curriculum. And then after you do that, you have to have a tool of assessment to know when the child knows it. So you give them the goal, you create the curri- curriculum, and then you have an assessment to know they made it. God works by backward <laughs> design. First, he identifies the results, identifies the results desired. Uh, that's that plan. That's that expected, come on, end. Yeah, y'all with me. That's the expected end. So God, first of all, he identifies the results desired. Where he wants Joe Johnson to end up. That's what God starts with. And that's what he whispered in your ear. Uh, uh, but he doesn't tell you yet how you're going to get there. You don't know your path. All you know is I'm going. Somebody tap your neighbor and say, I'm going, I'm going. I don't know how I'm going to get there. All I know is I'm going. And if God said he's going to take you somewhere, Michael Dillon, you're going. Somebody just bump your neighbor and say, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. 
uh, identify the results desired. That's what he whispers in the ear. But then he determines an acceptable levels. Uh, he determines, excuse me, activities that will make the desired results happen. It got out of out of out of whack a little bit, but just stay with me. Design. Uh, he designs activities that will make the desired results happen. Which means he allows certain things to come into your life that'll get you from here to there. He blesses you to meet right people. He blesses you to graduate from college. He blesses you to get fired from a job so that the next job can hire you. He blesses you to have people walk in your life and out of your life. Mm. He blesses you to have struggles that causes your prayer life to increase. Somebody shout increase, increase, increase. My prayer life is off the scales up in here. He blesses you. He blesses you with opportunities to get you from here to there. That's what he does next. He designs activities. God is a designer of activities. That will make the desired results happen. So don't you know that's why all things work together for good? For those who love God, who are the called according to his purpose, because it's getting you from here to there. And then, Sherry, he determines acceptable levels of evidence that support the des- that the desired results have occurred. And there's, a, there's a point when you get there, God said, yeah, you're there. And then he says to you, yeah, you're there. He has criteria already established to be able to verify you've made it like God. You like God? So I want to I want to give you three things that the Holy Spirit gave to me as I studied, as I studied, I studied planting. I, I, I don't plant. I don't have a green thumb. I planted two plants that, 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 that ever made it. Laura Pedlam, Laura Pedlam, they're a purple plant. They're beautiful, beautiful year-round, and, and, and sago palms. And you have to be a murderer for a sago palm not to grow. Anybody can plant a sago palm and it stay alive. I planted, I planted one and transplanted another, and they both still there. Hardy plant. Somebody say amen. I don't have a green thumb. I don't know much about it, but, but, I, but I researched it, and I read, and because and, I was interested in, in how, how seeds become plants. See? I wanted to know, so... This is what I found out. Just as there's a lot, there's like seven or eight steps, but I, I took three from them that I felt was very important for you to understand. Number one, select your seeds. Because seed selection is based on what type <laughs> of plant you want. <laughs> so you get you so you so you have to be selective about what seeds you sow. But before you sow your seeds, you have, to, you have to know already, backward design, you have to know what plant you want. So you have to say, I want okra. <laughs> and then so you plant what? Okra seed. You, you don't plant tomatoes if you want okra. So you have to know what you want before you plant it. Oh! Somebody say, I'm on my way. I'm on my way. I'm on my way. So you got to know what you want. I was, at, I was at a conference, and a man of God had a book. Somebody say book. book. man of God had a book, and he just wrote his first book. I just wrote my first book, and, the word, and he said, you need to sow a seed. And the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me and say, buy $100 worth of his books. Yeah. He's got global distribution. I need global distribution. So I already know the plan I want. So I had to pick my seed. 
The question is, what do you want? If you know what you want, you have to sow the right seed to get it. What are you saying? What words are you using? Are you saying stuff like, I can't get there, I can't make it, I'm not good enough? See, if you say those words, those are the plants you're going to get. So if you sow, I'm not good enough, you're going to reap, I'm not good enough. If you sow, I can't, you reap, I can. I can. I'm going to tell you, if you don't ever shoot at the bullseye, you miss the target 100% of the time. So you have to say, I want to be, I want to be what God called me to be. I want to be a teacher. I want to be a business owner. I want to be healed. I, you have to sow the right seed because the seed you sow, it reproduces the plant you desire. Number two, number two, sow the seed in good soil and in a controlled environment. Bury it deep, but not too deep. Now, here's what I learned. I learned this too. I learned that you, you, you want to make sure that when you're planting a new plant that you don't plant it outside. Now, see, it seemed to make sense to plant it outside, but that's not the optimal environment for seed. Because when you plant a seed outside, sometimes the ground is diseased and the insects will kill it. So you have to have a protective environment for your seed to go in. Which means you can't tell everybody about the seed that you put. Because all ground is not good ground for you to sow your stuff into. So if you want to be healed and you want to be totally whole, you can't talk to somebody who's settled and sick. If you want to be healed, if you want to be financially blessed, you can't be sitting around people who's satisfied just making it. Because if you sow your seed there, the insects will kill it. So you got to make sure you, somebody say controlled environment. I thought I should just put the seed in the ground outside. I thought I should just go down there, go down my steps, go to next to the sidewalk and put it in the ground. But some of that ground is diseased. And insects will kill the seed if you do that. So you control the environment your seed goes in. Now here's the thing. Bury it deep but not too deep. You don't want your seed just on the surface. You want it to get all up under some stuff. Y'all ain't. See, we cry a lot about what happens in our life. But what we don't understand is the seed is being buried. I got so much going on. That ain't number good soil, baby. Good soil. Because if the seed doesn't get buried and it doesn't die, it won't reproduce. All you have is a seed. Johnny Apple. Uh, but if it dies daughter it brings forth what fruit so you gotta you gotta bear that thing that's what that's what that's what that's what God allowed to happen with Jesus he let him be buried (laughs) and on the third day somebody shot third day he got up And all of us got up with him. (laughs) And this reminds me.
reminds me of a sermon I preached when I talked about how, you know, they said uh, the tree was about to die. The owner said, dig it up. And he said, no, let me dung it. Dung is manure. It's mess. And some of y'all say, I'm tired of all this mess. But there's something, but there's something that mess that makes you, something in the mess that makes you grow. I'm sick and tired of all this mess, but something in mess. I don't know what it is. It stinks, but something in it makes you grow. I, I got to hurry. I got 10 minutes. And then next, and then next you water regularly. You water regularly. Somebody say water regularly. This promotes germination, you see. It is that germination of the process where the seed actually starts becoming a plant. It's that, that part where the seed kind of breaks open and then that little plant in the seed. Here's what blows me up. Those trees out there, that big old tree, tree pass a tree today and go lean on it. That big old thing was in the seed. But the seed had to be buried and it had to open up. And that, and that moisture helps to create that environment. You understand? The water in that thing. With the word. Watering it with the promise that God gave you. Now everybody got buckets of water, Sam. But don't let them pour it on your seed. Because some people's water got acid in it. And it'll kill what you put in the ground. So you carry your own water. Let me borrow let me borrow that bucket of water right there. Let me borrow right there. Right there. You put your hand on it. Right there. Yeah, yeah, right there. Let me borrow that bucket of water. Let me borrow that bucket of water and just the water of the word. I'm going to speak to you. And see, that's the thing about some people. Some people think it's crazy to talk to your plants. But I, but I think it's good for you every now and then for, for you to go and tell it who it is. Thank you, sir. You can have your water back. There are three divisions, though. There are three divisions to this whole seed time harvest idea, right? Three divisions. Y'all ready? There are three divisions going from seed to harvest. Division number one is seed time. Okay, that's the time when you know you're supposed to be putting the seed in the ground. The second one is waiting. And then the third one is harvest. So you have seed time, you have waiting, and you have harvest. Those are the three divisions going from seed to harvest. Now, waiting is the space between the two components of the working division. Waiting is the division. It is the space between the two components of the working division. So on this side, you have, uh, let's say, Cherie, your seed time. Apostle, your harvest. Ed and Joe, guess who you are? Waiting. See how big that space is? See, waiting is where growth takes place, (laughs) which cannot be controlled by the sower. See, see, this is where we fall off the horse or the wagon is we want to control growth, but you can't see you want to shorten. the. That's why we like for people to say stuff like acceleration because we're tired of. But a lot of important stuff is going on under the ground. 
in the second division. And you want everything that needs to happen to happen down there. Because it is vital to the success of a good plan. Because under there, the seed's breaking open. It's dying. It's breaking open. A a little plant's coming up. And before it shoots through the ground, it shoots the other way. Root system. Before you ever see anything break through the ground, during that time when you think nothing's happening, your dream, your vision, your promise is developing a root system. (laughs) Somebody shout roots. Yeah. So what's happening? You think nothing's happening. You think you're no closer today than you were from the day you sowed the seed. But what you got to understand is before you go up, you got to go down. Then, then stuff start happening. You see a little thing? Back when I was a little boy, we used to get the butter beans and the milk cartons. And uh, that, that used to be our science experiment. And uh, we didn't have a science class. Our, our, our English teacher, social studies teacher, uh, teacher was every teacher. Back in my day, she taught everything. Say amen. Back then, switching classes were changing books. Talk to me, somebody. Anybody remember the time that didn't no bell ring or nothing? She just says it's time for social studies. And you reach into that little hole and put your book up under there and reach in the other side of the hole and pull out. You put the English book down and you pick up. The, y'all young people don't know what I'm talking about. But that's how we used to change classes. You go to English to social study without moving. And we made a thing and a little butter bean would break open and, and, and a little thing, a little, little plant, a little teeny plant would come out of it. And that, that's an amazing thing. And, and, and so I, I call this time Kronos. Kronos. Somebody say Kronos. That's what I call this time. I call it Kronos. Now Kronos refers to the minutes and seconds. You see, the minutes and the seconds. That's what it, or the seconds and the minutes. You put it in any way you want it. The seconds, minutes, hours, days, weeks, months, years, time. It's what you measure with your watch. Or your iPhone, or your Galaxy Note, or your LG G5. You measure it with those things because nowadays people don't wear watches anymore. We're dying breed, apostle. Us watch people. But I'm going to wear them till the day Jesus comes back. <laughs> it refers to the time uh, as a measurable resource, you see. That's what Kronos is. And, 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 and the objective during this time between seed time and harvest, the, the objective is to keep the weight from causing you to lose your enthusiasm about your kairos. <laughs> I see kairos means an appointed time. <laughs> an opportune time or a due season. You see, it is that expected end. See, what happens is you sow the seed because you're excited. I know what I'm talking about. You got that word from God. You sowed the seed. You put in the effort. You put the work in. You did what the Holy Spirit led you to do, right? You sowed the seed. Then, then, all that time is there. The objective for us as believers is to never let time steal our joy about the end. Because... We're knowledgeable enough to know that even though 
time is passing and we can't see anything? Beneath the surface, something is happening. We're smart enough to know that if God promised to do something, he's going to do it. We're, pro- we're smart enough to ignore the devil and everybody else who tells us, you might as well quit. You might as well stop believing. Because we know that the God who began to go work in us. <laughs> we know that kind of stuff, so we keep believing. Somebody said, keep believing, keep believing. I want you to be encouraged by what Jesus said. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for what Jesus said? We're at the close of the sermon. Here it is. For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself. Huh? Wait, 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 wait. We don't have nothing to do with that? So we put the seed in the ground, that's all? And the earth does the rest? I hear the Holy Ghost right now saying, trust the process. So it says, uh, for the earth, Jesus said this, for the earth bringing forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, after that, the full corn, in it, process. When you plant a corn seed, you don't just get a whole ear of corn. You don't get a stalk. You do, <laughs> you do not plant a corn seed and then walk out, you plant one Sunday and you walk out Friday and boom, a whole stalk of corn. No. After some weeks, you go out there and you see a little little thing like this coming through the ground. Now, if if you're astute, if you're discerning, you know you shout over that little thing. See? Oh, Jesus. See? Any progress is progress. know what's wrong with people Belinda who want to wait until the end they don't know how to get their shout in we the type of people we shout when we get the promise and then we shout when we get the manifestation but the smart people shout in the middle I got to hurry up I don't have that kind of time Jesus somebody shout Jesus verse 29 but when the fruit is brought forth immediately he put it in the sickle why? Because the harvest is come. So, so when he gets the full grain, the full corn, the, the whole thing, he'll waste no time. He goes and get the go get the sickle. Harvest is here. You got to know when your seasons changed. So you go from seed time, right? Waiting. But during waiting, you have to do smart stuff. Like Bill Bond. You have to do smart stuff. Like like make mental preparation, emotional preparation, environmental preparation. You know that after Joel prayed for his friends, I didn't hear about him no more. He prayed for him. Job got all that stuff back, double for his trouble, and he never mentioned it. They fell off. They thought they knew Job. They thought Job had sinned, but when he got his stuff back, 
Where y'all now? Somehow when you get your harvest, some people just fall off. You have to tell them to go nowhere. The harvest, anyway. One part of the message. I'm moving on. For the vision is yet for the appointed future time. It hurries toward the goal of fulfillment. It will not fail. Even though it delays. Wait, how? For it. Because it will certainly come. It will not no, you, you, you ain't hearing nothing until you heard the uh, home and Christian stand about it. Y'all ready? Y'all put it up. He may not come when you want him. <laughs> That's all he used to say when I was a little boy. But he's always... The vision's not late. It's just in the process. Your dream, what you've been praying for, the promise God made, it's not late. It's right where it's supposed to be. You just make sure you're where you need to be. You make sure you're in position to harvest when the time comes. I want to close this message by talking about a guy named Joseph. Remember him? Little boy with a dream. Told his family about his dream. Told his mom, told his brothers about his dream. And his brother said, who do you think you are? They're just like people. You know, you expect these people to be happy for you. Well, Nelson, who do you think you are? Then he went and told his mom and daddy. Mom and daddy said, no, no. Boy, please. But then his brothers, his brother said, no, we're going we gonna, to we gonna kill him. And listen to what they said. need you to hear everything they said. They said, and then we'll see what becomes of his dream. Because they weren't trying to kill Joseph. And the only way to get rid of the dream is to. You got to understand the enemy not after you. But in order to kill the dream, he's trying to. He'll kill the dream in a lot of ways. Making it look like Ethel is never going to happen. Discouraging you. So he goes through the process. Somebody shout process. He sees himself ruling in the dream. And God had no conversation with him about the route to it. That part there is in the curriculum. And students don't decide curriculum. Teachers do. You don't get to decide how you're taught math. It amazes me how people say, you ought to teach it like that. No, this is the curriculum. Amen. So, the curriculum was be thrown into a pit. Graduate from the pit to slavery. And you don't see slavery as a graduation, but if you've been in a pit, that's an upgrade. If you've been, if you've been in a hole, being a slave is good stuff. And if you ever hear a slave complaining, you'll be like, shut up. 
I was in a pit before I got here. This is the blessing of the Lord. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all, y'all in a struggle and you got people around you complaining and you glad to be where you are. You like, thank God. And then he gets promoted again. He gets promoted again to serve in Potiphar. And then he gets promoted again and goes to prison. And while he's in that level of promotion, he gets wind of the fact that the Pharaoh has had a dream. And since he, while he was in that level of promotion, he had a good attitude. He was able to interpret dream for two guys and one of them remembered him. Interprets the dream properly. God uses him in prison. He interprets the dream properly. And the next thing you know, he's where he saw himself before he got in the pit. And then his brothers come and his brothers are afraid. And they say, he's going to kill us. So the truth of the matter is, most of us, (laughs) if our brothers had done that to us, and we had that kind of power. Come on, bro. You know what I'm talking about. You, you did that to me. You going to die. His brother got the right attitude. He said, no, 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 no. You don't know, bro. You don't know. You don't know. I got it this good because of you. <laughs> Calm down. Let me hug you. <laughs> You, you see this ring right here? You did that. I thank God for you. Because <laughs> you meant it for evil. <laughs> but God meant it for my... Because the, plan, the thoughts that he's having about you are not evil. Even if evil stuff happened to you. The thoughts of peace to bring you. Can I bring you? Will you come with me to an expected? You don't know how far I'm going to walk with you, do I? Guess who knows, though? I do. See, isn't isn't that just like God? To take you by your hand and say, walk with me and not tell you how far you got to go. But guess what? You don't have to know if he does. Why do you have to know everything? If you serve the God that knows everything. Remember, you didn't think the thought. He thought the thought. So he built the curriculum around the thought. He knows what it's going to take to get you there. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. So just remember this. Your promise has a what? Success. Whether it's your healing, whether it's the saving of your marriage, salvation of your family, whether it's that promotion you're praying for on the job, if it's economic blessing, if it's that business you have in your heart, All of it has what? Process. And what believers have to do is be 
faithful enough in the waiting. Faithful. Committed while you wait. Because during that waiting time, which seems to be the worst time for us, the most amazing things are happening. I just want to say this to you as I close. You are closer than you think. Father in heaven, we thank you. We give you glory. Thank you for inspiring us. Thank you for joining us for the word today. We pray that it has been a blessing to your life. We invite you to join us in worship on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. We are located at 841 Crossgate Road in Port Wentworth, Georgia, 31407. We hope to see you soon.